Welcome to The Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? We can all things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God Hammered. The And now your hosts, David Delo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is the Metalist. Greetings. Thanks for joining us whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. It's the Metalist Podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm as heavy as a really heavy thing. No, I'm that Jason. Is, well, both could apply. So today we're talking about a band that's I know for sure very, 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 very near and dear to my heart. I don't know about Jason. Uh, I guess we'll find out. From Vancouver-ish, British Columbia, Canada, we're talking about Strapping Young Lad. This is going to be fun. Jason, what's your first exposure to Strapping Young Lad? Man, I actually don't know where I got it. I probably just, I mean, I probably just downloaded it somewhere. But I believe the first one I heard was City. Mm, very nice. I knew, so I knew Devin Townsend even before, I mean, I don't know him. That would be way cool. Yeah. But... I knew of him even before the Steve Vai Sex and Religion, if I remember right. So I think that was 93 or 94, somewhere around there. I heard his name before that, right around the time Justice for All came out, because I knew him as the guy from a side band of Jason Newstead's called Irate. Yes. Which is IR8. Yes. Um, so when I saw him doing stuff with Steve, I was like, fuck yeah, cool. And then I had heard that. So I'd never heard of the Wild Hearts, um, but I did hear that he had this other project going on called Strapping Young Lad. I just didn't really, I mean, at the time, I didn't really have a way to hear it. Um, and it wasn't anything. It's was like, oh my God, I got to hear that. So it was just like, whatever. And it wasn't until, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't until City you know by that time i think maybe i was just like the cat's going crazy i figured (laughs) wow what the fuck is your deal are you okay yeah you okay dude she's going nuts so i don't because it wasn't when city came out Mm -hmm. like i know that except i mean that was 97 dude like I mean at, at the time all this shit was coming out 95 97 i think were the first two Sounds right. I mean, I mean, actually, probably the first stuff I got was 2003 SYL. Is that a legit release? Yes. Really? We're we're gonna get into a lot of ins and outs with all that stuff. Wow. I actually don't think I've. Okay, so none of this stuff will be on my list because for some reason I didn't see it 
I completely went over it on Spotify. You want to know something funny? Well, okay, never mind. You finish, and then we'll get into that. That's weird. I, I really, I didn't even see this on Spotify, or you know, but I don't know. Could have been loading weird. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> spoiler: nothing off there is on my list. But, but no, this I do remember this album cover. This was kind of when I first got them. It just so happened that I heard I listened to City first, mm-hmm. and didn't like it, and I still don't like it. It's really weird. I don't know why on paper I should love this band. I really don't like this band. <laughs> That's like fair. My, We're going to get into that for sure. Yeah, My fucking, like, I love Devin Townsend, dude. I fucking love Gene Hoagland. All props to fucking Byron. Uh, they're all fucking super talented fucking dudes. Really, when you look at what this band is, I mean, he's got fucking straight up fucking almost like power metal style vocals to, you know, yelling in key to screaming in key to fucking death vocals. And I mean, there's keyboards, there's fucking Blast City, this Riff City. It just really comes down to one thing, dude. Like, I don't like a lot of the riffs. Hmm. Okay, I could see that. So, well, there's a couple other things, but we'll get into that. What is your first exposure to Strapping Young Lad? So I've been trying to think of this. I think it's just that I because I can't pinpoint a moment in particular when I heard the name, but I just always saw Strapping Young Lad and Devin Townsend, you know, name-wise in tandem associated with a lot of other things I like, a la Fear Factory, a la Godflesh, especially around that time. They toured together, uh, and that was, I think, Godflesh's last tour. That ended up being Godflesh's last tour. And so I just go, okay, this is something I should clearly check out at some point. And so when I get into mp3.com, which was the gateway for me for a lot of other bands, I check out Strapping Young Lad. And the first song that's on there is Oh My Fucking God off of City, but it's the live version on No Sleep Till Bedtime, which is a great title for a live album. Um, And it definitely was like, whoa, wait, wait, no, 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 back up. I actually heard Devin Townsend's solo material first just because it popped up on my radar. That's right. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to have a lot of, memory you know memories popping in sporadically on this one anyways yeah so i checked out uh mountain whatever the first real song on Terria is and so that kind of colored my perspective on devin townsend as a solo artist then i heard stuff out you know ocean machine his, the mp3.com track selection was very generous and i ate that shit up instantly i was like whoa this is different but it's cool it's got a lot of elements i like I'll check out Strapping Young Lad. And then, yeah, the live version of Oh My Fucking God. And I was just like, wow. There's a lot. That is pure chaos, that song. And it's the live rendition. Again, we take for granted so much how how easy it is to access music with Spotify and stuff now. I was like, oh, cool. This MP3 is neat. When am I going to get this CD that's really, really hard to find? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, straight up. It took me quite a while to actually get my hands on something. But... Again, nothing, 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 and they had been inactive for a while. And then all of a sudden, hey, they're putting out a new record, and it's S-Y-L, what we're talking about. Um, And so the first song they release is Devour, and I was like, oh, this is what everybody's talking about. Okay, this is different than what I anticipated. This is cool. It's just not the groundbreaking, you know strapping young lad that had been built up in my mind based on people talking about this band for so long you know city appeared in all the greatest albums of all times list and all that and i still hadn't heard it um and so i hear devour and i'm like okay this is cool 
And then I figure out, oh, Century Media has an MP3 section on their own website. And so I start going ham on a lot of those. Sure enough, they have a song on there called All Hail the New Flesh. I'm like, let me give this a listen. And that hit me like a ton of a ton of bricks. Like that was my experience with them really first begins. You know, that's the best case example of what everybody's talking about right there. That was powerful to say the least to somebody like me, especially around that time. This was like when I was in the heyday. Kind of cut out on me. Uh, I was uh, all hail the new flesh off city. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a debatable whether or not that's the first song. He still, everybody still counts Velvet Kevorkian as an actual song. That's just a glorified intro to me definitely thought it was an intro yeah but whatever um but yeah i'll have the new flesh and especially at that time in my life when i was at my like at least up to that point lowest when i was 18 and i was just like oh this is pretty much exactly what i need right now and then it just kind of goes from there um i'm gonna try to proceed on this episode as carefully as possible to not trample too much on a potential Devin Townsend solo or whatever you want to call it episode in the future, but there will be some crossover between the two because one, well, you know, we figure out pretty quick that this is the yin to his yang, you know, like this is the dark, 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 negative, crazy version of it. And then you flip, you know, again, you listen to some of us, a lot of his solo stuff and it's the complete polar opposite. Wow as an artist he really runs the spectrum and it's awesome oh yeah and i really loved this band and it's crazy to think they have almost not been around for 15 years now would you be game for doing a quick album by album breakdown because there's only five yeah yeah we could do that like it's it's crazy to think how big a thing this was and he only had five albums out meanwhile he's got like four times that at the very least maybe for his solo stuff now he's insanely prolific so Story goes, yeah, we, we talked about he started, his big break came with, with Steve Vai early on. I've only heard so much of that album. Apparently, he was only 19 at the time. He submitted a, a demo to like every label he possibly could. I think it was Relativity is what he said it was, was the one that got the demo. And they're like, hey, we don't like your stuff, but you should sing for Steve Vai because he wants to have a singer for his band. Does that for a while. Apparently him and Steve Vai have a a really bad breaking up or falling out or however you want to phrase it. And uh, I guess they're all good now. He's appeared on, they've appeared on each other's albums since, but you know, you know what you're like when you're in your late teens and, you know, especially thrown into the the jaws of the music industry in the nineties. I'm sure that's a whole other thing, especially considering the, uh, internal factors on his end that he would figure out later submits a demo to roadrunner it gets rejected and he's like well what if i send you some other songs and he's like sure and uh i think it was he he mailed a uh, a picture of his spread asshole to monty connor and the owner of roadrunner saying fuck you or something like that there's there's a much more articulate version of that story but he's just like Young Devin Townsend was a wild character. And so the story, as I recall, is on that first demo, whichever A&R guy it was told him, hey, man, this is like two different bands you have going here. One thing is completely different to the other. The solo material being what it is and would appear on his other solo albums later on, very ethereal, spacey, a little more mellow. 
and then the other stuff was some of the ladder tracks on what would become heavy as a really heavy thing, which is borderline unlistenable. Like it's insane, literally. Like it's it's just crazy noisy stuff. And so he figured out, oh, I should make this into two bands. And so go figure that uh, Century Media didn't want the more mellow solo material. They wanted the crazy stuff. And he didn't feel comfortable enough at that point using his name as an artist, just as Devin Townsend. So he created the name Strapping Young Lad. And he made what is now Heavy as a Really Heavy Thing. How do you feel about Heavy as a Really Heavy Thing? Uh, it's It's weird. Yes. Yeah. The thing I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think it was too terribly crazy. I think that one thing that makes it seem like it's really fucking crazy is the fact that like drum machines in '95 still weren't that great as far as recreating actual drum sound. Like, yeah, oh, they yeah. still sounded like drum machine drums. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, in that regard, it's. I guess, and I don't, did he have, a, like, did he have an actual drummer on some of these songs? Some of them. I think it was, but, like, two songs, but it's not ones I'm super familiar with. Full disclosure, and he will tell you this, too. Devin Townsend will. The only ones on this album that really matter are the first two. Everything after that is nonsense. And it's interesting to listen to, but he, he even in the liner notes for that re-release when they re-released it in i think 2006 he straight up said yeah only these first two songs are good the rest of this is shit it's weird because one song that i did write down was skin me and that's towards the end um that one it's got a nice like riff that i like in it it's an interesting but yeah for the for the most part it is really just like i don't know it's, it's hard to say this one another problem i have with this fucking band or group or whatever you want, or just Devin Townsend and friends is it's, it's fucking tenacious D is it's just like a heavy version of tenacious D to me. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why is because they're a fucking joke band mm-hmm. and this band is a fucking joke band. Mm-hmm. And I get when people say like, Oh, I love it when someone doesn't take themselves too seriously. It's like, yes, so do I. But I also don't like just somebody making a fucking joke of everything. Cause then I can't take your music serious. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't even do that. Yeah. Right? It's like, and it's like heavy is a really heavy thing. Pretty fucking clever. But it's like, are you either, either A, you're just like, is it just full on, like we're just fucking comedians? Or are you making fun of people that like heavy stuff and how some of those people do take it too seriously? There's nothing wrong with taking fucking music seriously. I get it. But yeah, it can be kind of, Weird when someone takes something too fucking seriously. But at the same time, that's all subjective. Yeah, no doubt. You know that's what I mean? The, so it's like, yeah. it really depends on the audience. And it's like, I, I wonder if that's why so many people fucking love this band. Because there's a lot of fucking people that love this band. Most everybody I know loves the shit out of this band. And, and all, they, all I ever hear about them say is they're fucking heavy as fuck. And I'm just listening to it like, dude, like, I mean, I'm not saying they're light. But, I mean, there's plenty of stuff heavier than this, but it's stuff that those people don't listen to. Yeah, I mean, it's a comparative you know? heavy, you know? Like, they have a lot of, you know, they're oh, a well, primarily they're, I mean, yeah. extreme-based band. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're heavy as fuck. But it's, it, it is like Fear Factory and like Black Dahlia Murder where it's like, it's like uh, for some people, 
this is as heavy as it gets. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like this is where it's at. And to those people, this is, that's what they, they really brag it up. Like, Oh, they're so fucking heavy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. When some songs called fucking cod metal King, <laughs> you know, like dude, to me, I don't care what that fucking song does. It's it's hard for me to see that as a heavy fucking song. You know, a song called Far Beyond Metal. Yeah. Well, it's, that is a flat out parody song. Right. And a song like, oh my fucking God. Like, I just can't. And don't get me wrong. Probably the stuff I listen to, people probably think that's fucking ridiculous too. And that's fine. It's just, you can't get into that. I can't get into this. Along with that stuff, I mean, he does have some really fucking cool shit. You know, I don't hate all the stuff. But for the most part, I mean, it was like, oh, my list is kind of just like two songs I really fucking dig. And then fucking, you know, three songs that are like, all right, this is the best of what else is out there. You know what I mean? But like, but yeah, there's a lot of people that love this fucking band. And I don't, maybe there's something else there. I don't know. But all I ever hear is everybody say like they're super fucking heavy and they don't take themselves too seriously. I'm like, there's a ton of bands that look like they take themselves too seriously, but they actually don't. Yeah. We don't get to talk to them all the time. Yeah. You know, when you have to take a serious fucking photo shoot, you're going to look serious. There's a thing called advertising, you know, and it's why you don't see fucking underwear models sitting there fucking laughing their ass off in a picture. Maybe that would be more fun. I don't know. Maybe more people would like that. Seems like it'd be more fun. But a lot of times it doesn't happen. You sure, know, and nothing- it's, it's the same way in metal. It's, you know, yeah, if you look at fucking literally any, like almost any Metallica picture, and there are the pictures where people are smiling. Look at any Megadeth picture. It's like, are they overdoing it? I don't know. You know, I don't know what they're being told for that photo shoot. So it's like, whatever. But they look very serious in the, in, in the shoot, right? So I don't know. It's, I, I could get past the lyrics because I don't really care about that. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's not a big fucking deal or whatever. It, it, it really is like, it's like, yeah, it's a joke band. But like my biggest problem is like the riffs just don't fucking hit for me. You know, it's, and dude, there's tons of them tons of fucking riffs with this band dude but i just i can't get into it. i used to not like the production a lot uh, of people say that yeah the wall of sound it was the same thing i didn't like you know, I, I i it's not that i don't like it's i have issues with behemoth for the same reason it, it gets to the point where everything's so cranked that it just doesn't sound good to me that, it, that it, is a common complaint with a lot of people as far as his stuff goes especially earlier on when you know it was a little harder to come by proper recording stuff right well definitely the remastered stuff definitely sounds fucking better for sure but i mean that's that's a big thing like i think probably now i don't have so much of a problem with it but it is hard the thing i don't have the thing i don't like about the wall sound thing is like it lacks a little bit of clarity yeah for sure it adds chaos it adds a fucking anxiety like panic factor to the listening experience because it is such a sensory overload but there's also a reason why like like every band doesn't do it and a lot of it's because like it does lack clarity it is hard to concentrate on just the song itself especially if it's a wall of sound and it's mostly guitar yeah for sure you know what i mean like you know think think but you know some of that behemoth stuff definitely some strapping young lad stuff obviously on the new black i mean he totally fucking got rid of that sound 
Well, you know um, what I didn't notice till fucking today when I actually listened to SYL all the way through for the first time? That's the case on there too. And like, we'll get into a little more, but like, I'm, I'm the guy that likes to hear as much about the background on these things. I'm trying to understand the headspace, the circumstances and all that about this people's records, especially Devin Townsend because he's a fascinating guy. And recently, I mean, I always checked in interviews and stuff before, but he put out his own podcast where each one is about a record or two records, depending on if they kind of had to do with one another. And I wish I would have done a little more prep as far as catching up on some of them because he does them sporadically. So it's like, hey, here's like three a week. Okay, now here's one like two months from now. Hey, here, you know what I mean? And like just, you know, right. it's probably, you know, consistent with his workflow. And just so I've been catching up on some of those leading up to this. I wish I listened to the city one again up to this point because there's so many little sort of details about that. But hearing specifically about SYL, because, you know, you and I are basically saying that's really kind of sort of our entry point, at least some material, because I straight up never listened to the whole album until this morning. And I couldn't pick out the little differences, even though it's very blatant to listen to. Yeah, it was all stripped down comparatively, you know, to everything you did before. Uh, we'll get into it when we get into that album. But yeah, it is. they became a very different beast from SYL onward. And I didn't really notice that until it was articulated a little better by him and the members. But yeah, as, as to the people you talk about, I think what it is is strapping appeals to a very specific type of person. And, and I'm all about, you know, I, I love Goofy and I love Extreme. And when they cross paths, it doesn't always work. Um, you, you talk to most people, even in the heavy realm, I think that they would, a lot of them would say strapping's not their cup of tea, even though they are very revered by some people. I know people that fucking hate them because of the jokey nature, because they just don't like what they do in general. And that was the thing was they fed off of that. They, they really like pissing people off. Did you ever see them live? No, but I had some friends went to the show they did here and my old singer had such a fucking huge issue with, you know, his shtick, which was essentially I'm going to bust the fucking city's balls and I'm of the city I'm in and the crowd. And my singer had a fucking huge problem with basically him saying like, you know, like you're all a bunch of pieces of shit, like fucking he had, he, he took it personally even though we all told him like hey man like that's kind of his thing yeah. right like, and around his... then he would have loved that like he would have eaten that up and just spat it out even more he oh, was well, yeah extremely antagonistic back in the day i guarantee he regrets 90 percent of the things he said because thinking back on some of the shit he would say now is like there's no fucking way you could say some of the things he said dude oh my oh, yeah. god like but, i mean it was basically like i mean he really again it's one person but i mean he kind of did lose a fan with john like john wouldn't listen to him after that i don't know how much he liked it in the first place mm -hmm. but but i mean he john really had an issue with that and he wasn't the only one like i met quite a few people that have seen them live at some point around that time and and listening to their response to his stage banter and like you know he did piss a lot of people off to the point where they were like you know fuck your band yeah, and they, and they loved that. They were yeah. all about it. They wanted to alienate people. They were antagonistic as fuck, dude, and I loved it. I, I knew it was a joke. Like, okay, let's, let's do this real quick. That's a character. That was a Devin Townsend caricature of himself. That was his cartoony version of himself, 
and it was he, he talks about it as it's theater you know he's a theatrical guy he lived he loved musicals and stuff and he loved characters and performances and puppet shows hence why ziltoid became a thing yeah that was he, he talks about it as that was kind of a, a way of deflecting you know what i mean like he was very insecure and he probably still would say he is and it, that was just like kind of him playing a part to kind of disconnect from his usual self and it just as time went on it got more and more so the case and I, the last time I saw them, what ended up being their final tour was Ozfest, and so I talked to them all when they played here at what used to be—I don't even remember what it, it's the amphitheater in Chula Vista. Second stage was set up in the parking lot, right? And I was like, "I want to go meet Strapping Young Lad, dude. They're one of my favorite bands." So I line up to the merch table, talk to all of them, and they're—you know—nice guys, as you would expect. They're—they're they're just people, and I just remember Devin Townsend looking. He was nice enough, but he was clearly not enthusiastic about being there. We'll get to that again later. Cut to five years later when he's fully focusing on his solo art. I meet him. Me and Alex go meet him before they play with uh, Children of Bodom, uh, they being Devin Townsend's solo band. I, I We go talk to him, and he's chilling out, and he's super happy, and he's playing a ukulele, and and he's just super, super nice. He's in a completely different headspace, you know, like, you're talking about literally two different people. Like as we find out, well, okay. Anything else you want to add about heavy as a really heavy thing? No. So yeah, he, he basically says it's just a glorified demo and even remixing. It was kind of like, why, why bother remixing this thing? It's always going to sound inferior, you know? And so like, then he decides, okay, I'm going to make a real band out of this with not just hired gun members. And it's not going to be a solo project anymore. It's going to be a band that he's very much the focal point of, but it's going to be an honest-to-God band from here on out. So he gets Gene Hoagland fresh off of his stint with Death, I think it was, previously of Dark Angel and maybe a couple other things at that point. And he grabs Byron Stroud and Jed Simon, who are, well, Jed Simon was actually already there. He just wasn't as involved. He was just kind of a hired gun. But Jed Simon and Byron Stroud, who were, according to him, like kind of local legends in the Vancouver thrash metal scene, and this this is a more focused effort. Obviously, this is the one they're most known for, arguably to some, like what he's most known for, period. And it's way more focused. Oh, I, I forgot to mention. So apparently he was super, super, super into Fear Factory on heavy as a really heavy thing. And so he basically, the concept for Strapping Young Lad at that point was basically Fear Factory on crack, you know, chaotic fear factory, jokey fear factory, whatever you want to call it. But it was the crux of it was fear factory. So on this one, he leaned even more into the industrial elements. And I'm looking at the influences he stated for this band. And I don't, or for this album. And I don't know any of these fucking bands. Fetus. You got me. I like fetus, bro. Yeah. With an O no less. It's one of those. And just stuff oh, like yeah. that. Then there's super, super gnarly obscure industrial stuff and the artwork comparatively is is very it's like a blueprint it's got a lot of japanese aesthetic and he claims at this time he was very influenced by anime and that whole thing and this was just basically a freak out album of him being pissed off at the music industry in general still being a little pissed off at steve Vai, still just pissed off in general and it's a freak out uh, album man and i usually i don't know about you or anybody else but i Sometimes when I'm listening to it, I just kind of stop after detox. And I listened to the second half for the first time in years today. And I'm like, no, nah, man, the second half is more consistent than I remember too. 
maybe up until the last two songs, the second to last being a cover. But like, it's a solid album. No wonder so many people say they like that one the most. And yeah, that Fear Factory on crack thing still works pretty good as far as the description there. Like, it's my favorite, obviously. Like, like it's just frantic. It's the soundtrack of him having an actual mental collapse. And it's and the city in question is LA. I didn't know that for years. Like it talks a lot about his time dealing with the music industry in LA. And like again, listen to the Devin Townsend podcast where he breaks it down, but he talks about all the circumstances of recording it and what he would have been doing at the time. It's it's interesting to get some insight as to what specifically led to the way it being, you know, turned out to be. Uh, Gene Hoagland apparently never even tried doing blast beats or didn't like them at the very least until they did Oh My Fucking God and now he blasts all the time everywhere else man like wow this was Terrorizer Magazine said this is one of the 100 most important albums of the 90s Revolver Revolver's the one that made me go oh I need to check this album out Revolver put it on their top 100 you know most important 69 greatest metal albums of all time that's what it was okay yeah yeah yeah. i mean other than the sex connotation why would you pick 69 revolver in the early 2000s was a very different beast yeah there's literally no other reason yeah like that's when they had i they're they're way good now i think you know they they needed to go they've gone through a couple rebrandings i remember 15 10 15 years ago when they were like the affliction monster energy you know file <laughs> magazine yeah you know what i mean the, yeah exactly like like they they definitely had a, a niche they carved out for themselves whereas Kyle before Ballmer. yeah whereas you know turn of the century i like them a lot more than they covered a lot more but they kind of fit into their own niche now they've rebranded and it's a totally different beast and i think it's it's great it's just interesting to think of the iterations that publication's gone through kerrang's been the same way a number of those things come and go in waves kerrang's having a bit of a a resurrect or not resurrection but renaissance of its own in the last couple years and they're doing outstanding work too but um but yeah man fucking city uh, and then he has a nervous breakdown and breaks up the band for a while. Apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently intermittently he would um, he would perform with the band even though they were officially on hiatus. And um, so I guess part of the deal was I, I need to hear more about this little space because I'm kind of murky on this and I, I had to skip the episode where he talks about this. But he did City in 97. Same year, he also puts out what he considers his real first solo album, Ocean Machine, which is possibly the one he's most known for as far as solo stuff too he did the anniversary show in that place in europe in the coliseum or whatever so i would think that he's commemorating that anniversary for a very special reason and then he realizes after the fact man i made both these albums and they're like completely the opposite of one another what's going on there gets himself checked out he gets you know clinically diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder and realizes, oh, there's something going on there. Uh, and then he makes Infinity, which is another one that I'm... Eh, I need to listen to the rest. I've, I've never... It's never hit me as, as much as some of the other people say that it has. But then he... Uh, did you ever listen to... I, uh, refresh my memory on where you're at with his solo material. I've heard like one album somewhere. I don't even know what one it was. Okay, because... I'm again, not even sure if I heard the whole thing. Yeah, Again, it's... 
he's insanely prolific like literally he put out one other album with the band well that wasn't even strapping young lad it was it was called physicist and the idea was that it was supposed to be this is originally i think it was supposed to be jason newstead and hey we're going to collaborate on a band that was quote unquote hap- or heavier than strapping and apparently what happened was as soon as James and Lars found out that Jason Newstead was working outside Metallica, they got pissed and put the kibosh on it. So it ended up being just a Zevin Townsend solo record called Physicist. And it was all the members of Strapping Young Lad. It was just... Oh, that's the, the stuff Townsend. that... That's what became of the irate, the well, irate stuff? Apparently irate was just a one-off thing that never intended to uh, go past that. But that I, was the, the whole deal of the irate stuff was it was supposed to be fucking way heavier. Yeah. And, and it, that, you know, and like Lars heard that on the radio. I don't even know if they played a song. I know there was two songs recorded. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember. I can't remember the story. I can't remember if he heard the actual song or if he just heard the DJ on KNAC while he was driving to band practice, he said. he. I can't remember if it was just the DJ saying like, hey, we just got word like Jason Newstead's working, you know, going to be collaborating with Devin Townsend or whatever. Or if it was just like Jason Newstead has another band, or if they actually played one of the songs, I can't remember what it was, and Lars was like, "No, nope, yeah." Oh man, I could only imagine. So I, I always wondered if they, because I mean, fuck, Newstead hasn't been in Metallica forever. Yeah. So it's like I always wondered if they just got together and recorded that shit or what. Like, like if there's a just on their phones, you know, just to have their own their own jam sessions. Never released. Yeah, dude, would, fuck. Yeah, like, I mean. It'd it wouldn't be, cool. be an issue now. Jason Newstead's just playing to like coffee houses in, in Montana, really? playing acoustic or whatever. Well, he's not even doing that anymore, obviously, but huh. what he was. So yeah, apparently that what became Physicist was supposed to be the premise of what Jason Newstead and Devin Townsend were going to work on next. But it's all the strapping members, and it's basically like, you know, the abrasiveness of strapping with the more melodic sensibility of Devin Townsend's solo work. And I just remember they all came out of it super bummed out at how it turned out and didn't like it. And again, on paper, they're not actually a band for another two, three, four years or whatever, but they perform sporadically here and there. And then they come out with SYL in 2003. And uh, it's this is apparently consciously what I'm only learning today is because I remember when I did hear city, I was like, Oh, this is way different than what's on, you know, the material for this S Y L album based on what, you know, the singles that would have been out devour and relentless. I was like, this is, this is like a different band and finding out that's when they really leaned into, okay, let's be a parody band of what a metal band supposed to be. He was working on accelerated evolution at the time. And at this point he's way more into his solo stuff but the record company isn't sure about it. They want to focus on strapping because it's a, it's a brand name at this point. And so his whole thing was, yeah, I could probably get into this a little more if we just ham up the, here's what it is to be a metal band. What, what SYL is and why it's different than City and even Heavy as a really heavy thing is it's an impre- his impression of what a typical metal band is supposed to be. So he had stereo to what to him was his version of stereotypical metal lyrics and riffs and, you know, the Morbid Angel influence is a lot more prevalent on this album. Yeah, apparently what it was was that he was so invested in the Accelerated Evolution album that he was like, hey, Jed, why don't you do most of the guitars? And, like, like again, they took out most of the industrial influence. And it's funny to think that this is supposed to be them playing up the jokey 
aspect of it, but it's comparatively a more serious record. It's like they, they tackle some very heavy shit on there. The the whole thing apparently was supposed to be an emotional response to 9-11, like, whereas City was apparently supposed to be the angry freakout album. He said that this was an album based on fear. It was like the fear response of everything that was going on at the time. And again, only having finally listened to this album for the first time in its entirety today, it really is a different beast. It is, it is moving forward, you know, 90s and 2000s being two very different eras. It's um, definitely got the, the riffs, the riffing style that I liked, mm-hmm. which was why, I mean, I'm pretty sure this was at the time, early 2000s, this was probably the one I listened to the most. But again, it wasn't Kill Switched Engage. It wasn't Shadows Fallen on Earth. And so, I mean, I still didn't listen to it a whole hell of a lot. But this is the album of theirs I've heard the most easily. Interesting. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, again, like, like I said, like when it comes to the riffing and stuff like that, like I said, they have tons of riffs. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the riffs, as much as I don't like a lot of the fucking riffs, this one has the most that I do like. Interesting. But this is the most regular, or actually, I guess it's more like this is the most, you know, if that's true, this is them trying to be a regular fucking metal band. Then, you know, maybe they are writing the riffs a little bit different. I've always been all for, I mean, we just talked about it last week with the cryptopsy episode where it was like, I like one thing I like about brutal music and death metal in general is it's unpredictable, but there's still certain things that, that I don't know. I mean, it's why do you like this riff, but you don't like this riff. And they could almost be the exact same thing. And it's like something Mm -hmm. in your ear just doesn't catch it. So yeah, for sure. But but I mean, this, this album definitely has the majority of like riffs that I like or riffing style, I guess be more of like what it would be. But again, they also have, it's those big open parts, Mm -hmm. like the big open chords and, and when they're just running, it's just Gene fucking humming in the background, kind of a la fucking black metal style, right? Like where yeah. it's not super riffy. They're kind of just hitting a little melody line with these big open chords. That still sucks on this album. Yeah. Because that's where it gets in that behemoth sound. Mm-hmm. That just does not work for me. I mean, maybe it's my fucking ears or something, but mm-hmm. it's just, I don't like the way it sounds. Yeah, it's again, it's a very different beast. And it's interesting that I'm finally, after almost 20 years, able to pick out what it is that's so different about this. Uh, Again, apparently because he was so focused on accelerated evolution, he had, uh, it it became, again, it was, it's supposed to be a full-fledged band, even though he's the figurehead of it. But Devin Townsend said he relinquished a little of the writing to Gene and Jed. So I guess most of what you hear on Relentless is, is both of them. And that's, that's the one that had the video. That's like the single of the whole album, right? So that's interesting. Yeah, it, it, this album really stands on its own in that way, is that it's so different from all the others. But having said that, it's interesting that you say this is the one that appeals to you the most because I think each album's different enough that you're going to have a different response for everybody. Or Yeah, every album, right? Much like, say, Carcass up to a certain point or you know, a, another band who's discography is kind of all over the place yeah there's no consistency with this band but i mean also it's not his main focus so and there are a lot of bands like that like there are a lot of bands that start one thing or they end up another thing or 
they might start off as one thing and end up two or three different things. You know, you can look at it as a bad thing. You can look at it as a good thing. Uh, really just depends on how you want to look at it. But I mean, even with the sounds and stuff like, but I mean, he's also a producer. So, I mean, you got to know like the difference in gear between 2005 and 1995, you bet your fucking ass. Like the dude that's a producer is going to take full fucking advantage of what's available. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And he's going to try and work it into their fucking sound. So even sound wise, you know, it's, it's like, it started off as just kind of like, Oh, this is going to be a weird little solo thing where it's just kind of me to a full fledged band. Yeah, there's gonna be just some discrepancies in the sounds for sure. Mm-hmm. So like Alien came out. I only remember seeing like I remember the seeing the album cover. I don't think I even listened to this at the time. I did have a friend that um trying to think of what song it would be. I know he was really pushing this album, but the song he was actually always trying to play was I mean, actually I think the song he was always playing was Oh My Fucking God. But he I mean, I remember seeing this CD like in his collection and stuff, you know, like and it was and I just never fucking listened to it, but definitely like looking at the album cover, it's like, oh yeah, dude, like this, this was huge. Like, because I, again, I know so many people love this band and when this album came out, came out, you know, 2005, this was like probably in my life where the moment where I was hanging out with the most, like the highest amount of metalheads right. at any given time. And it was like, I mean, fuck you would have think Metallica put out a new album, a good <laughs> well, one. It is black ish. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like you would have thought Lamb of God or Kill Switch Engage, who all put out albums anyway at the same time. But yeah, you know, you would have thought it was it was on that same level as far as being talked about, at least in, in the circle that I was with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their so, legend was definitely growing alongside all those bands, even though again they kind of stood out on their own amongst all of them. Um, this album sounds a lot fucking better, obviously. Yes. Oh yeah. But the other thing is, uh, the other thing I, I do kind of like about this one is, I think, well, so overall, the fucking, like, the, the, the sound, the sound is better, like, in particular, mm-hmm. the drums. Yes. Not that the drums ever really sound like shit, but man, they really sound good on this album. But again, it's still the wall sound is when they hit those big, at least when they hit the big chords, but they don't have as many of those, those, I don't know what we call it, like a riffy riffs, <laughs> you know, where they're not running on, uh, there's more running on, on the big chords. There's more of the, um, and, and the, again, the riffs that they have, they're heavy. They're just, to me, they don't, there's not much memorableness to them. Yeah. I feel that, you know? And so what you end up with is oddly enough, I'll save that for a minute, but, it's 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 like to me it's like a really good sounding city yeah i can like see that's, that that's what this one is to me is city that sounds even better now granted dude the remastered fucking version of city sounds fucking really good oh yeah it's it's still fucking you know spastic young lad but i mean it's not so bad um and then just before we even get to it though i mean the new black i don't like that sound. like then they'd go to this ultra compressed sound. Yeah, that's and that's they a told, jump. And they get rid of the style of stuff. So that's what I mean. It's like the style of thing that they're playing, coupled with that wall of sound production, there's a particular thing they do that just does not it just sounds like fucking noise. Mm-hmm. Not noise. It definitely isn't key, but it's bothersome. They yeah. get rid of all of that on this album. And it's almost compressed to the point where it's lifeless. 
Yeah, yeah. I, again, there's no there's no balance in a lot of these albums. It's it's very one yeah. thing or the other. Like which if is you're a fucking well, you're you're one, but I mean anybody else too. Strapping Young Left fans, how how do you feel about the new black? Because like this would be the album where I would see people saying like, okay they lost me on this one well lucky you because they're done but still yeah this is where they lost me would be this album this is swan song by carcass this is fucking new black yeah well real quick an interesting anecdote alien about, to me is like their master I, I would put either alien or city so you know what devin townsend know. actually says he is the most proud of of new black or excuse me of alien and i you know it's interesting there's all the he did confirm he went off his meds for Alien, but there's different rumors. And he said what it actually was. I just can't remember because, like, there were so many rumors. Oh, man, he wanted to be so crazy on purpose for Alien that he stopped taking his bipolar meds. But there's, wow. there's, but like, he clarified what it actually was. And that's I don't like remember, those people I that's, like, oh, okay. that's like those people back in the day that like started smoking so they could get longer breaks at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so apparently it was something else, but, but like, that was. Oh man, it's hard to. I would love to know what the actual sales are, like what is the actual most you know successful commercially? Because it's either New Black or it's Alien. Alien actually is kind of sort of, even though City's considered the classic, Alien is kind of like the pinnacle. This um, is the one that, like, I mean, after this episode and all that, like, this is the one I'm going to keep fucking really listening to, mm-hmm. because I feel like. This is the one where I think it's their best album, but for some reason, dude, I can't get into any of it mm-hmm. except for a couple things. And it's like, fuck, dude. Like, I don't know why I don't like this. It, I, I, to me, I want to see if it's a situation where it's like, if I just have more time with it, well, like, it'll click. Because th- that definitely happens sometimes. Yeah. But again, I think it's like oh, most of the albums are just super inconsistent and they would tell you that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, there's something about this album that attracts me to it, though. Yeah, well, so again, it's it's, a, it's a it person by person thing as, a, as for each album, right? So that's interesting you say that. I would I can't say, think of another album that's done that where it's like, I mean, aside from not being able to hear it, you know, like seeing it in a magazine, like when I saw the full page ad for like Anthrax Among the Living, I was like, oh my god, I have to hear that. Mm-hmm. I want to hear that, like the album or at least the album art and name and everything about that, the packaging and all that stuff. Like it's, it's calling to me. Like I need to hear that. Right. I've listened to this album several times actually. And there's, I, you know, I think it is. I, here's what I think it is. I don't know what it is. I don't like about it. Yeah. Fair. It's, but I can yeah. think of, I can think of like several reasons why I should enjoy this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, I'm not saying I way. That's I, why I think that's why I'm like, <laughs> you know, I want to spend more time with this or at least give it a sh- like give it a real fucking shot because I can't think of the last time there was an album that did that. Yeah, no, I feel that. I, I it's just it's a band of extremes in many different ways. You feel strongly about one thing and then you feel the other way about another, you know what I mean? It's I right. I, I can't, you know, there's a number of bands I can and can't think of that are like that, you know. It's it's a band of extremes. Um, well, I've had it happen several times with bands where like that band just kind of calls out to you. And at first you're like, I don't really like it. But then you're like, oh, maybe I haven't listened to it. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't, I haven't, it hasn't clicked yet. Right. Right. Or I haven't, I haven't got it yet. Mm-hmm. But then that's happened like to me quite a few times 
the the thing that's killing me is I can't remember the last time it happened with an album, especially an album I heard that I didn't particularly like, at least the majority of it, and for some reason still feel fucking like just incredibly compelled to try to like it. Right. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where that fucking comes from. I feel like I'm that way with a few bands. I just can't think of what they would be off the top of my head right now. Around this time, though, dude, it's it's become his full on. You know, this has become a career band for those guys, and they're touring fucking hard, harder than they even did before. I saw them. What was it? Four times in the span of three years, man. I saw them open for Mashuga's headliner show at the scene. Rest in peace. I love that place. Uh, and they didn't play All Hell the New Flesh, which was a huge bummer to me, but it was still fun. And again, <laughs> the shit that he said on stage, you could never, ever, ever say now and walk away unscathed. Like, it's amazing that he hasn't gotten fucking ravaged for a lot of the stuff he said, even if it was a joke. What after that? Sounds of the Underground. I saw them play Sounds of the Underground. And it was, you know, it's it's a festival setting, so it's a five-song set, but it was a tight-ass five-song set, and it was amazing. And he he did this thing where he's like, okay, what was it? What we're going to do is I'm going to say, turn around, and when you're you're in the circle pit, you're going to go the other way. And so he did it like four times. Like, okay, spin the other way. All right, I'll spin the other way. And then capped it off at the end by saying, you all look like a bunch of words that start with R. And that's why... <laughs> That was the kind of show you went to, and he and you loved it, or he hated it. I loved it every time. It was it was funny, Dev. You know, uh, third time I saw them. Actually, by this point, Byron had a uh, oh no, even during Sounds of the Underground, Byron had joined Fear Factory in two thousand four. So he was, you know, in the band that was the biggest influence on on Strapping Young Lad back in the day. But yeah, so they did a again. I always talk about this because it was an awesome tour. It was Darkane, Strapping Young Lad, Soil Work, Fear Factory in 2005. So you got a double dose of Byron there that night. But it that was, was the show that John went to. Ah, okay, that yeah. That was the one that I wish I had gone to because I wanted to see Soil Work and Fear Factory. Uh, it was epic. That's, and I that's, was like, damn it. Yeah, man. That, that might be my favorite time seeing Fear Factory. And again, it's the Christian lineup. It's uh, it's transgression, which again I have a soft spot for. I know people consider that their worst. Uh, Soil works on stabbing the drama, freshly off stabbing the drama, and off Ozfest. Trappings on Alien. I don't know much about Darkane, but it's whatever they would have been on in 2005. Awesome show front to back, and that was the thing. A lot of these shows, you'd have people that only showed up for Strapping Young Lad, and they would also be antagonistic dicks to everybody else in the crowd in a joking way, too. Like, it translated. They had a, a solid fan base like that, you know? So, on that note, yes, we are traveling next to the next year. They Less than two years after they, they do their, you know, biggest album to that point, Alien, comes out with the new Black. This one does get overlooked in favor of new uh, Alien, I think. And I can kind of see why. So you didn't like this one, you said. I like some stuff off of it. I just, I think this is, to me, this is the worst sounding one. And this is the one that I could see fans that love Strapping Young Lad going, wow, like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know if they do. I could see people doing that because it's such a huge departure from everything. Even heavy is a really heavy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them. It's completely yeah. different sounding, dude. And compared to all those other ones, 
there's some heavy shit on here that doesn't sound as heavy because it's so deadened. Like, yeah. It's, I, I don't know if you call that, you want to call it compression or whatever. Now, this is the clearest one. Yes. This is the one that's like closer to the type of sound that I fucking like. I just like the guitars to have a little more bite to them. Is all. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you're in the room with Gene when he's playing the drums. That's kind of cool. I right. like that. It's a different right. take altogether. That's, I guess I didn't realize how much different the albums sound from one another, how much different the material is. Like I, until we got into this, I was just like, yes, you can split the first two albums up away from the, you know, the latter three and it's a completely different thing, but even each step along the way, it's, it's, it's an interesting contrast and they do bring back the, the sense of humor that had kind of been lost along the way. Not that it was ever gone. There's some tongue, you know, firmly planted in the cheek on S Y L and alien, but it was way more in the forefront again. What it is is by this point, he's just overstrapping. I guess uh, even when he was doing alien, he said he didn't want to do it anymore. It had become a job. They talk about the thing they look forward to most when it was show day was being done with the show so they could go get high. Like, like they, it became a job band. And like they were, it was a successful last job by this point. When we get to the new black, this is the, the one that charted for the first time for him. Who knew what happened? There's no way they would have continued going. That's the bottom line. But I'm saying if there was some hypothetical alternate universe where they kept going, I wonder where they would have been. But there, there's no way. He was over it. When he broke the band up, spoilers, uh, apparently there was some resentment from the rest of them. Even though they had, you know, Zimmer's Hole, man, was literally every member of Strapping except Evan Townsend up that up to that point. You had a dude that dressed like a cartoon devil. Uh, I think most of them were in Tenet as well, which took forever for them to make an actual album. Like, these guys all had other stuff they were doing. You know, Gene Hoagland was an old man's child, for crying out loud. But, like, just the momentum that had been built up to that point, they really did go out on the highest note that they had up to that point. <laughs> to the point where it was, I think, New Blackwood was released while they were on tour with OzFest, which they had been looking forward to. Like, that was a big benchmark around that point. And literally everybody that I've talked to, whether it be Gene Hoagland or Gunface, who's on the screen right now, or people from A Life's Full and Lost, anybody that was on that tour sat, always talk about how much they hated it. Oh, Between the Baron and Me also had some static with OzFest, but also Victory, some shenanigans behind the scenes there. Anyways, and it sucks because from a, a showgoer aspect, man, I loved that OzFest. We, we had to leave... Because my buddy Jake got knocked out so hard in the uh, Norma Jean pit that he was bleeding all over the place. So we had to leave the show. You know, that's the the second stage isn't even done yet. And I already saw all the bands I kind of wanted to see when we were coming out of the emergency room. First off, the emergency room's asking us, what's happening at that amphitheater? We've been having people coming here all day. I was like, whoa, that's interesting. So me and uh, my buddy Jimmy, who was going to be on sooner than later, get our buddy Jake out of the emergency room and we take him home and we're like, do we even want to go back? Cause we told them we were had to leave for the emergency room and they let us out and we were like, do we even want to go back? We saw all the bands we wanted to see. And that was that in a nutshell, man. But, um, commercially that's a high note to leave on. But again, everybody always talks about how awful that was for him. So that's a bummer. Uh, but yeah, man, they, they break up after Ozfest and, that's a bummer. Devin Townsend retreats from the public eye for a while just because he's so burnt out from everything. And that, the rest of that will be another episode for another day. Because again, man, it's 
that's going to be a big one is Devin Townsend proper. But yeah, strapping's done though. Like he didn't want to play those songs anymore. Like he totally distanced himself from that persona. I'm pretty sure if I recall correctly, Ziltoid the Omniscient is supposed to be, he separated the strapping young lad Devin from his regular self because he didn't want to be that guy anymore. So Ziltoid the Omniscient is supposed to be that dev like like full on when he finally cut off his skullet that he was known for for years he glued it onto the original ziltoid and that was his actual hair was the original on the original ziltoid like he very much personified that thing as something he never wanted to go back to and for years and years and years people were like oh man you should be playing stuff heavy as strapping again and it made him angry enough to the point where he, he made another angry album that's abrasive and you know extreme in a completely different way than strapping but like it was an interesting it was an interesting response to getting angry at people saying we want you to do something heavier again that he made another heavy album uh he reconciled with all the other members i remember the first time i saw him solo which he's easily more known for now it was weird seeing gene hoagland in the crowd watching rather than being up on the stage with him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but there he was. And, um, and apparently they, they talk every once in a while, but you know, I, I'm sure after a relationship like that with all the ups and downs and the way it ended, you know, I'm sure a little time and distance is needed, but he did have jet out or come out to play two songs, love. And I believe detox a few years ago. And he said he regretted it. Cause he was trying to, he's like, ah, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. It's like trying to, I think he said something along the lines of it's trying like trying to get back together with a former lover. It's just too weird or something like that. And, uh, and in recent times he's recently been like, okay, I need to, you know, not his exact words, but I need to kind of reconcile that part of me because that was such a big thing for so many years. And so it's awesome. Not only that he integrated more extreme stuff on the last album, which I have to listen to in its entirety. Cause God damn, it's so dense. I, I needed to, <laughs> I needed time. But not only that, but now he's playing strapping material again live. And Aaron and I were so excited to go see that. And then obviously things got put on hold. Having said that, last weekend, he did a special, he's been doing these like stream concerts, these, you know, quarantine concert things that you can watch. Has he still been doing those? Yes. And the last weekend was the one that I would have liked to say. Um, allegedly YouTube stuff has come out on you know for for viewing of some of those songs allegedly he also allegedly said there'll probably be a Blu-ray release because they filmed everything in 4k and I will 100% buy that but allegedly if you'd like to see what now Devin Townsend sounds like playing strapping songs allegedly you could go on YouTube and say Devin Townsend search Devin Townsend, whatever song it is you're looking for. And allegedly it was amazing. I, I was like, okay, cause this is again, not the same guy. He's not, he's like peaceful trying to find my inner tranquility, Devin Townsend. What's this going to be like? He sounds fantastic. And it's awesome to, at the same time being in a better place. And it's a, it's the good Devin now, you know what I mean? While still sounding his like scream is more refined uh, it wasn't the strapping guys, obviously, but it was Liam, who used to be in Dillinger on bass, who's now in Azusa, and John Frum. Go check those out. Those are both awesome. 
on guitar, it was Wes Hotch who used to be in the Faceless and Black Crown Initiate, and he's now in Glass Casket, even though they're like not really doing anything. And then on drums, your boy from your band, Samus from Decrepit Birth. And nice. they all sounded pretty goddamn good. For a second, I was just like, man, it doesn't even matter that it's that it's not the other guys, even though at times it's like, okay, it's clearly not Gene, you know, because Gene is so goddamn lock and step with what he does. But Samus was really good too. Question, by the way, does Samus tour with Decrepit Birth? No. Okay, that's what I thought. When I was trying to figure stuff out, I was like, wait a when second. I saw, when I saw them, uh, it was Gabe Sieber okay. from Kennedy Vale and okay. several. I mean, he's the touring guy for like several death metal bands. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Anyways, just curious. But yeah, fucking Samus knocked it out of the park regardless. He's so, a sick drummer, dude. Yeah. I actually caught some of his stream this morning. I don't think I'd ever sat down. Samus, Samus has got a fun stream, dude. He does a, oh, yeah. he does a take requests. And it's not just death metal. People were like, hey, play Pray by Parkway Drive. Play this Devil You Know song. And people were it's like, oh, so he's like all over the board. I'll, I'll have to I check love it out when, more. He has like a series that he'll do where it's like a pop song, but he'll put blast beats to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of the... Uh, yeah, so he's done like... I mean, the one I remember the most was uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm. with like blast beats and it was like really fucking cool sound and i was like oh dude that's fucking awesome like i mean i don't i don't check out i don't get on his channel much but when i do i mean i get on there every once in a while and just check out see what he's got going on mm -hmm. yeah i got gifted a sub and i was like oh i should check this out more so while i was preparing this morning i was like oh this is cool man so shout out samus you what you got gifted a sub yeah that's something you do on there it's like if you want to support him but you already have a sub you can just give people subs you can either have it be random or if it's one specific person you'd be like gift this what person the fuck a, sub. Is a sub are we talking subscriptions oh okay because i thought you meant like submissive like you know there's subs and doms yeah 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 <laughs> i was like, thinking you'd go what's sub going on on sandwich. twitch dude yeah wow which All by right. the way i'm fucking Makes hungry sense. um Same. but yeah uh so it's awesome to see him kind of having his cake and eating it too Let's talk about the... Well, no, okay, real quick. Would you be down to rank the albums real quick? I can do it real easy. How about you do it? Okay. City, first and foremost, followed immediately by Alien. Then I'm going... Shit, what was it? Oh, New Black, I guess by default. Then I'll go SYL, and then Heavy has a really heavy thing. In hindsight, having only five albums makes it really easy to do. <laughs> That's our top five albums, by the way, right there. Or mine, anyways. What do you got? I think it's probably City, then Alien, Strat, SYL, New Black, and then Heavy. <laughs> so, pretty close to mine. Uh, so, anyways, what I was going to say is let's get into the individual players real quick because Devin Townsend, again, is going to have his own thing. Gene Hoagland, man. I mean, we already talked about him before. What, what can our, you know, further can be said than hasn't been said by us already? He's the fucking greatest dude again speaking of fun drummer dudes to watch on twitch he is the nicest fucking guy in the world super cool about telling little personal anecdotes what he'll do whatever he did with death with testament strapping whatever and then he'll say okay i'll do bands that i haven't been in like sepultura slayer metallica one night for the fuck of it he just said you know what i really like stevie wonder i'm gonna do all stevie wonder the next the, you know the next day when we do this and he did a block of stevie wonder songs and it was fantastic he's just an awesome well-rounded drummer man 
And again, super personable. Uh, he likes just hanging out in the practice space between songs. He kind of talks more than he drums, but it's super fun talking with him. He's a blast. There was a sh- oh, man. There was a little cartoon I meant to send you where it's it's a picture of him and on both of his bass drums, it's like the bands he's most prominently been known to be a part of or filled in even. So you got Strapping, Fear Factory, Death, Testament, Dark Angel. But because he also filled in, he was also uh he's also got opeth on there and unearth anthrax all these other things i forgot he he participated in old man's child he's just been an and you know an endless amount of shit he's a go-to oh death clock dude art possibly the biggest thing he's ever been a part of death clock he's the fucking man dude jed simon and byron stroud they've been in a bunch of other things too um jed simon's in we don't know if Vimic is still a thing or not, but he was in Vimic. Him and Byron actually... Scar the Martyr. Scar the Martyr, yeah, which it's pretty much a carryover. Right. Uh, he's been in a bunch of other things. He, Him and Byron started a new band called I Monolith with the two other guys that were left over from the Devin Townsend band when they broke up uh, with the singer of John Howard. Neither of them are in it anymore, and truth be told, might not be my cup of tea, so maybe it's not so bad. But again, they also have Zimmer's Hole, which is, again, most of uh, strapping with a different singer. Uh, Byron was actually in Three Inches of Blood for about a year. Whatever happened to those? Guys? I was just, they, they've been broken up for a while. But I was going to say that would be, that might be a fun episode. God, that first, fuck yeah, that first album they put out was fucking power the one on, uh, heaven, dude. Like, the one on Roadrunner? Yeah, I think so. I don't know that I ever heard any what after the hell that. What is that fucking shit called? Keep going. I'm going to look this shit. I, I know what you're talking about because it's the cover art where it's like the dudes marauding the castle and one's looking back at the hypothetical yeah, camera. Yeah. All, yeah! Oh, dude. Yeah, it's the one with fucking deadly sinners. Yes, dude. Come on. Oh, fuck, it's so good, dude. I did hear another because it used to be two singers. Well, a singer and yeah. then the, the screamer dude. And then when that guy was gone, one of the guitar players took over the screamy bits, and that was cool too. Shit, we might have to do a Three Inches of Blood episode sooner than later. Oh, dude. I'll finally get that'd Nick be, on the show. That'd be fucking fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I got derailed the Three Inches of Blood. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to cover before jumping into the list. I love strapping young lad. I know they're not most people's cup of tea. It seems like also just based on, you know, the more progressive dudes whose channels I frequent on Twitch, most a lot of people that like Devin Townsend don't necessarily like strapping young lad. A lot of people actually that love Devin Townsend say they can't get into it. And I'm sure there's a contingent who only like, you know, strapping for the extreme nature of it that don't, you know, like the more mellow aspects of Devin Townsend solo material. So it's an acquired taste for sure, but if you like the taste, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to get into that mellow shit a lot more because I listen to a lot of stuff like that. I just haven't really gotten around to it. Yeah, I, and I and I have about, I don't know, five, ten years of solo shit that I just haven't got around to because, you know, I, I realized later on, for better or off, very much worse, I still relate to crazy Devin from the nineties and mid two thousands more than I relate to kind of Zen chill Devin. Um, so that's the, you know, I gravitate towards strapping more than I do Devin Townsend solo material, but I need to, I need to give it a whack. I think, I think the other thing is it's a little daunting because he does put so much out. Um, 
I've had Ziltoid too. Yeah, I've had Ziltoid too for like since whenever it came out, and I still haven't listened to it because it's a double it's a double concept album. And the the second it's one disc is just like a regular solo album for him, and then the the other one's the sequel to Ziltoid, the Omniscient, and that's a lot to get, dude. A lot of that can get so dense. Some of those songs get really long, man. Um, we'll get into that for another episode like that that's gonna be i already know who i got in mind for that one too um but yeah that that'll be fun i uh i am a strapping fan rest in peace all righty you want to get right into the list yeah i'm ready and now it is time it's time for our namesake the list you want to start this off or should i you start it off ready out Let's get into some honorable mentions. First off, I'm starting with what's probably the jokiest of all the jokey strapping songs. I'm going with Satan's Ice Cream Truck. I don't even remember what album it actually was on. I think it was a Japanese bonus track on Heavy as a Really Heavy Thing, but like, it's the fucking most ridiculous song in the world, dude, and I love it for that reason. It's fucking stupid. Do you know this one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's pure ridiculousness. It's very dumb. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a video for it, even if it's not like a high budget. They, I think it's like a stupid stop motion thing or something. But yeah, and to more serious matters, I'm gonna go relentless and devour off SYL because again, that would have been the time I started really getting familiar with them, even though it's different from the rest of their catalog. That's kind of what drew me in. It's definitely of its own style. It's a lot more imposing, shall we say dreadful even compared to their other stuff but like it's fun i yeah uh, i love how much they hate the video for relentless because of that goofy ass robot thing <laughs> it's like just like because it's like when video budgets were kind of ballooning a little more than they had been especially for century media which was finally starting to get a little bigger around that time it's just like okay what do we want let's get a bunch of random people headbanging in the background and some weird stupid robot thing and that's the video. And simpler times, we'll call it. Uh, how about you? Honorable mentions. Let's see. I liked Anti-Product. Yeah, okay. From the New Black. It's got this weird, uh, almost like a strut-type bluesy style. Yes. Dun, 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 yeah. Like the little fucking pinch harmonic. And But the big thing is the little pseudo-horn section in the middle of it. Yeah. But then it goes to like it's it's weird. It, there's a flute on the top of it. Yes. Like I'm this, trying to find it. I'm trying to yeah. find it right now. But there's this like flute that's like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's straight. Up, it reminds me of. Um, it reminds me of, like old Tom and Jerry cartoons. Like, I feel that, yeah. Kind yeah, of yeah. with like some distortion behind the guitars or whatever. Yeah. But the thing I love, it's the part right after that. And it's like the guitar's breaking the sync, but there's this keyboard horn that's like this. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like fucking Naked Gun or like Austin Powers, like yeah. some like comedy ish spy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Like, yeah. It, it's just. <laughs> It's this this was Devin Townsend saying, it's I, ridiculous. 
do not give a fuck anymore. Well, I'm just going to do right. whatever the, I want. And, and it's such a it's such a keyboardy horn that almost sounds like someone's just oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but it's I I mean I I liked that it was in there because like I'm I don't know I've never really heard that into a metal song I guess yeah. That was Devin straight, Townsend I mean, I, Devin Townsend. I immediately went into like the intro to like Naked Gun, where it's mm-hmm. like just the cop car. Yeah, the siren. The siren, and it's yeah. like going through all the different things or whatever. And yep. That's <laughs> like I just totally fucking pictured that dude. Was like, what the fuck, dude? Yep. Yep. It was. It's just so out there. But then it, it kind of drops into this. It's a boogie. Yes, I that's dare the word say, I was looking for. It was a boogie. Yeah, I, I feel like we skipped over a couple things on on New Black. That has to be like the most diverse album they have, as far as all the different. Because there's some, you know, you suck, and I, I think we mentioned Far Beyond Metal. Just these, you know, just yeah, aggressive some, ass songs, and then some really got, probably like that's that's probably their weirdest one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What a way to go out, right? But like you got all the yeah, I mean, as weird as the first one is, yeah. this is the weirdest one. Yeah, for sure. You got all the colors of the rainbow, the new black, if you will, right? You got <laughs> you got yeah. both ends of the spectrum, and then everything in between, and and that that was the thing they they. Oh, yeah, you got like a fucking guar, you know. You got like an odorous fucking uh, guest spot. You have Biff yeah. naked of all people. Like I had to dude, look that up. I was like, who Biff the f- naked? Yeah, like yeah, I, I barely do, man. Well, <laughs> fucking. Apparently, there's a couple Canadian connections in there. Oh, and, I, you know, Dave Brocky was born in Canada, so I guess that makes sense. Um, oh, and so yeah. I guess that was the trip is because he was trying to transition out of strapping. It's kind of like this meeting, whereas Physicist was like kind of a Devin Townsend record meeting halfway with strapping. It was the other way around, and Hugh Black was kind of a strapping meets halfway with what Devin Townsend does on the side, too, so... But yeah, man, anti-product is definitely the one that stands out to me for all the reasons you just mentioned. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the stuff that cool. I love on New Black, I love, man. There is some fun stuff on there. Uh, what else you got? Um, I, I mean, I had like Detox, AAA. Mm-hmm. There was, it was uh, mostly stuff from Cities Underneath the Waves. So there was another one off of uh, Alien that I thought was pretty cool oh, cool enough to cool enough to make my honorable mention was possessions right i just remembered one other one off of alien that i should have put down but now possessions has that same you know huge guitar sound the difference is is it's more of like a stomp riff mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of like this, so that's one thing i noticed man they do a lot with their fucking songs it's like a like the it's again it's it's a canadian thing these stabs yeah for real like it's it's no one's immune from it except like brian adams like oh he'll work it in somehow i'm sure i'm sure sure. got my first real six string okay fine he does it too it's just (laughs) it's just weird like it's really weird. I, I didn't really notice that until like we started talking about it with Despised Icon and it is still all the way through our little pseudo fucking our unofficial Canada week or Canada month. I noticed it in a lot of strapping lad songs as well. And Possessions was one of them. Mm-hmm. But just the guitar, I, I think that big wall of sound guitar sound works better for slower stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, um, I could see that because there's a lot less going on. But there's a lot of keyboard hits in here too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a part where it's, you know, it's, it's so fucking, I don't know, it's very prevalent. Um, probably more so on Alien than even the other albums, I guess. But, but that sure. was about uh, what I had. I mean, there was there's a lot of stuff that's like okay, like I can stand this. Not a lot of stuff that I really just like, yeah, fuck yeah, like this is awesome. So yeah, um, that was just kind of the stuff that really stood out. And again, like you know, if you didn't listen to the early part, man, like I completely fucking just somehow <laughs> did just missed Syl as an album. So there's nothing, Same. you know, there's nothing from my stuff that's on there. I again, like, even though it's one of the ones I listened to the most, maybe that's why I kept like subconsciously like scrolling over top of it. Was like, well, I I got to hear more of City. I had need to listen to more of Alien. I've literally mm-hmm. never heard the New Black. Like, so maybe that's why I don't know. But as earlier on, as we were talking, you know, I was listening to a lot of Syl, and there's a lot of good stuff on there, man. I mean, if you haven't listen to it and you're kind of on the fence about the band i mean check that one out i mean there's some good stuff on there i I almost feel like that's a good beginner record because of how different it is from everything else right and like it kind of one yeah it it like kind of prepares you for everything else it's not as jarring you know no i'm it's it's a typical extreme metal record so aside from that it's not as off the wall shall we say it's it's not as eccentric and it's kind of an adjuster album real quick before i forget i want to say I forgot. Shout out to um, "We Ride" off of Alien. That, that was my other favorite song on there. Uh, that's just a fun little quick song. It's got a neat vibe to it. And then it's not. A, it's, we didn't talk about this on the Cryptopsy episode, and so I want to make sure we don't forget it on this one. But Cryptopsy's cover of "Oh My Fucking God," that's just a cover that makes sense. I've never heard that. I just saw that on Wikipedia. I was like, oh shit. It's hard to find because I don't know why actually, but like that whole album, because they also had, um, what was it? God forbid doing master killer by Marauder. It was century media bands covering century media bands was the, was the premise. And for some reason it's not readily available. And I had to like do some fucking YouTube digging to find these things, but I finally found them, but yeah, it's fun if you can find it or if heaven forbid, you know, try to find the album or whatever that might actually be. I don't even remember what's on those or the rest of it besides those two. Oh, wait. Architects covering Stamping Ground, I think. Which is good. Venom Prison just covered the same song. And they're both good renditions. Shall we get into the actual list now? Yes. We're going to start off with number five. And I'm going to... Well, that would be weird if we just started with like number two. Three. It's like Monty Python up in here, dude. We're going to count it down. Three, four, two, one, five. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Detox off of City, nice. which is, well, nice. we're going we're gonna to get into the Spotify. I'm like, is that the biggest song play-wise on, on City? But we'll get into that later. Uh, it's the one with the video. Is it the most easily approachable one? It might be. But he talks about this on the um, again. Check out the podcast; they're interesting. He is fucking triplet city, dude. Yeah, man, it's catchy as fuck. That that was the great thing about even the more extreme stuff. Like a lot of it's catchy, man. Like he he found a way to to meld the melody with the with the brutality, man. Like 
What is he saying when it sounds like he's saying, like, hate you all? Fuck, I still don't know. And I've been trying to remember that, too. <laughs> hey, get low. You know what? It's all just right. like, hey, you all. Hey, yeah. you all. But I know he's not saying that, but I don't know what he's saying. But well, you know what's funny is that little break in the middle. Um, I'm like, he's not saying what I think he's saying, is he? You know, and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, yes, he is. And so what it comes down to is it was like it's a song about a, a night, that he, a really bad night where he was having a, a trip, and he was freaking out. Um, very specifically, like it's, it's he lays it out pretty front in that song. Well, what uh, is he saying? Let me see if I I want to I want to make sure I get the right lyrics here. Like you could definitely tell, like Fear Factory is a pretty heavy influence on this stuff. Hey, you mo. Okay. Like as in, hey, you mo, fucker. Perhaps I don't know. Just says m o apostrophe. Hey, you mo. Mm-hmm. Hey, you mo. Huh. That's all I can Def- think of. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So did not how did I get was... here tonight? Yeah, I know. I, I maybe I never heard that. I, I, so yeah, what what was the th- you because you were saying like you yeah. know, is you really saying that? How did I get here tonight? Saying? What am I doing here? How did I reach this state? How did I lose my sight? I'm lost. I'm freaking. And everybody knows. Everybody's watching. So here's all my hopes and aspirations. Nothing but puke. God, I'm so lonely. And I, it was, he said it very clearly. So I was like, that can't be what he's saying. And it was, yep. Because he, he was, again, he's talking about a night where he just had a little right. too he's much of everything. almost describing a panic attack. Yeah. So it's a pretty straightforward song as that goes. Like, <laughs> oh, he says, what the fuck? Now I'm curious. Now it's I'm, weird. Like, the song almost sounds like a fast march appeal. Yeah, I man, I'm sure if I looked up the actual lyrics in the booklet, I could get really to the bottom because I'm looking at some of this going. Is this really what he's saying? Because I love that that line. Why do I got to be such a stupid bastard? I always thought he said you dumb fucker after that, but it's saying here are are you dump bugger? No. <laughs> okay, that one part is for sure. Everything else, I gotta actually break out the booklet now because I'm curious wherever that CD is. Anyways, uh, you're number five. My is the new black. Nice. Uh, that just that fucking. It's very Fear Factory ish. I mean, lots of bands do that. Mm-hmm. Super syncopated. Like, really fucking cool. And then. Like they kind of drop the floor out a little bit, except for the, you know, like on the yeah. fucking end of it. Um, don't know any of the words, but man, the chorus, dude. Yeah. It's, I mean, I should probably look up the words. Yeah. I, you know, part of me always thought that the album ended with almost again. And then I listened to it again for the first time leading up to this in a while. And I was like, Oh yeah, this song's awesome, man. (laughs) There's some cool stuff on here. Yeah. It's, it's really fucking cool. Like, but again, it's, it's definitely not something that you would listen to and go like, Oh yeah. Like this is a heavy song. This is a pretty mellow song for them. Mm -hmm. Cause it almost sounds like he's saying sleepwalk. Oh, fuck, he is saying sleepwalking. There you go. See? Walking. There's a yeah, dude. Like, 
We're so used to not being able to understand what people say. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I fucking really, like, this is, like I said, I mean, I really like this one. Obviously, I don't love it. But the more I'm listening to it, like, I like it a little bit more and more. So I do think that that's the only thing I have off of the new black. Hmm. But I see that really compressed sound works for this song because then it goes to the fucking... Like and then it just hits blast fucking city like right around like three and a half minutes in, mm-hmm. but it's got that fucking cannibal corpse that fucking like that little hammer on pull off fucking little slurry fucking type thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean then it you know has a like it kind of gets that thrashy old school death metal where it was like heavier than fuck thrash. Yep. That's kind of what it becomes. And then, I mean, Gene just fucking just killing it on the blast. Like, very fast blast. Like, cause the actual tempo is not very fast, but it's like, you know, and then it's weird because there's the blast going on. Like you said, it's like, you're just, it's like you have Gene in your headphones, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can hear him so good. There's a keyboard going on and he's singing all like, not high, not like glam high, but he's singing high, you know, a little soaked in some reverb and stuff. So it almost sounds like a mix between like, if you took Devin Townsend's solo stuff, the mellow shit. Yeah. And put a fucking blast beat on it, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, which uh, there is some of that, but not right. and then in the framing just, of strapping. And then it's got this huge fade out. I mean, the song really, I mean, it's listed at like 616. I mean, it's only like five minute fucking song. Right. But yeah, pretty good fucking, pretty good jam, dude. Again, that's that's something that was so awesome about this band was their their melding of different styles of metal, whether it be the base of industrial or thrash or death metal or even just playing industrial music, no industrial metal, but just like the way they intertwined all of it, even throughout the different ways they did it throughout the, the whole discography was so awesome. On that note, my number four, the one that Rob Flynn was accused of ripping off on the Catharsis album for a song, <laughs> which Devin Townsend actually came out and said he ripped off the chorus for this song from a Yes song. So, I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We're talking about their biggest song, the one with the most hits, the one with the cool video, Love, question mark. So, actually, it's more like, Love? I'm Ron Burgundy? Um, dude. Solid riff, solid chorus, catchy, heavy and catchy. I'm an evil dead mark, so I fucking love the video. Find out later that that guy that made that video has actually done a lot of other, like, not just videos, but, like, horror movies and stuff. Don't watch Knights of Badassdom. He will tell you the same. It came out really, really not great, uh, to which he blames the studio and producers and all that, but... Awesome video for love. It's just a catchy ass song. I can understand why it's the most popular and it was in soundtracks and compilations and all that malarkey, dude. If this is the most popular one, I understand why completely, dude. Gene and the rest of the guys totally in step with each other. Total syncopation, dude. Like it makes sense why it's the popular one. It's fucking awesome. And, dude, I, love, I like how it's just like, oh. 
is our way yeah. I feel it. Like, I mean, yeah. he gets straight fucking Ronnie James Dio with it, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, Run but away. like that chorus was I'll wait for the night yeah. to come. Yep. Like, it's so fucking sick. This is my number one. <laughs> Sweet. I figured it. Okay, so they're the person in the pudding. This is the only fucking Strapping on Lad song I fucking really love. Like, it's, it's the, the one. only one. Yeah. It's it's a fucking amazing song. It's weird, too, because, like, I used to listen to it. It's like, um, so that main riff, it's just like, I used to hear it, like, just, you know, I didn't realize it was, like, this little, you know, like, there's there's a lot before it hits the bow. Like, there's a, a lot going, like, well, there's not a lot. There's more going on than the one I thought. For one, for two, it reminds me a little bit of Gojira. Yeah, you know, with the but like, man, the way he fucking sings those choruses though is fucking sick, dude. Yeah, dude, that scream sing dynamic on this. I know, I just did a terrible fucking version of it, by the way. But you did great. It's but yeah, this this was a fun live one. This got everybody saying this was. You know what I mean? Like this, this, it's obviously the most popular one for a reason. Again, like, fuck. I oh yeah. Gotta... This is one where I can see like, like, I really have no problem saying like, this is like easily their best song. Mm-hmm. Like not just my favorite. This is their best song. You know what I mean? Like as far yeah. as just songwriting, whatever, because they really don't have anything else like this. That is very true. Apparently they chose was one for the video because they knew that it had the most potential for commercial success, and lo and behold, they were right. So, oh yeah, good dude. on them. I'm a. I mean, I mean, this is one of those ones that they would be showing like friends or producers and things like that, you know, and them say like like that kills Gage Lamb of God story, and like somebody saying like, dude, this this is a fucking hit. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is this is a, you've outdone yourself on this one. Yeah, for and it's not saying you know whatever however you feel about the other stuff, man. It's just a clear cut, head and shoulders. Like okay, like this is their fucking best song. Yeah, and most I, bands have one. Yes, I, I mean, I would dare say most bands have a song that's like just head and shoulders. Like okay, now it may not be the one we all like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why we don't do bests on this show because fuck that. There's no such thing. But exactly. But I think this is like their fucking butter, dude. Like, you know. Yeah. I, I it only now occurred to me that they must have played that on that uh last weekend stream and now I'm seeing that they did. So I'm allegedly uh saving that for later on YouTube. Nice. There we go. I need to find a way to watch the whole show allegedly. <laughs> it's they they only do songs at a time. Uh what did I watch on there? All Hail the New Flesh detox and almost again okay what is your number four my number four is centipede which is like a some type of bonus track i guess i didn't realize that yeah yeah Uh, because i because when i was listening to city i was listening to the remastered one and it has like Mm -hmm. a couple demos on it which whatever yeah i like the I can't remember. I think it's Full Metal. The one I was, was a Full Metal Contact, the Fear Factory song. Yeah. Where it's got that, that. 
like with the fucking you know just the harmonic and they're kind of running on that harmonic that little peak pinch uh, yeah, pick reiki ish you know and it just keeps going higher and higher that for an intro you know drums come in you know doo, doo, dad. it just it almost reminds me of kind of like um head like a hole yeah yeah like well that's what it- the drum reminds me of is that you know that I was going to say, there is a Nine Inch Nails connection to that song. Yes. it's uh, There's a sample from Happiness and Slavery. That's, that's what it is. looped in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That fucking... Like, so fucking... It's... I don't know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Especially from, like, the era, right? I mean, we're talking 97. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's, you know, and then the, the drums, when you listen to it in headphones, they're very wide. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and it's just, like, there's, I wonder if, I mean, there's, there's probably programming on the song also, maybe. Oh, no doubt. Or, I mean, that could be the fucking, I don't know what sample it is from Happiness of Slavery. I'm trying to remember you know, that song I just period. read something. Yeah, but to me, th- this is one where it's like it doesn't have the huge, it doesn't have much of the huge wall sound noise. Um, mostly because it's got that fucking, I, that, that bend, that bend on the guitar or the bass or both, whatever it may be. But I also like when they do kind of get to the fucking, we're going to strum the big chords, you know, they're not low big chords. Yeah. For they're sure. like, they're like, like it's it's a higher thing going on and with those wide drums and like some tom work going on that are just like in my headphones i mean it almost feels like it's going behind you to to a degree um yeah it's i mean i've been listening to headphones this is the third time i've listened to it since we've been recording (laughs) nice and i mean some of this stuff, dude, there's just some stuff that just sounds better in headphones. And this song yeah. definitely sounds better in headphones than it did just in my car stereo. Like, it sounds bigger. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, you know, how it is with some of these recordings. I could see that especially right. being the case with this album and all the stuff that was recorded around it as well. You know, and it kind of dies out at the end. It's got the tick, 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 Like these click things. So, I mean, I think that's... Either that's the programming or that's the fucking sample from Nine Inch Nails. But like when I first put, like I was just kind of like cruising through, I was cruising through the city. <laughs> nice. Minding my own business, listening to Strapping Young Lad. Like now, I mean, it came on and I heard that fucking bandy shit and I was like, fuck yeah, all right, there's something. <laughs> like, here we go. Here's something I can fucking sink my teeth into right here. Um, and very cool fucking song very worth the listen if you even if you're not a strapping young lad fan um but i believe it's um i think it was on no sleep till bedtime is yeah. where it's actually from yeah so there was two two songs that weren't live it was japan and centipede mm-hmm. i did listen to japan mellower mellower song uh pretty good though i like yeah. that too um what is your number three so my number three, this is, again, this was the, the tough choice to make because I had to, it was, 
Oh, I could have swapped three and two. Strap in. So I had to decide what is it that I listen to more. And as of right now, my number two is the one I go with more. So number three, I'm going with the first song off of Heavy as a Really Heavy Thing. S-Y-L. Wow. Not to be confused with the actual album, S-Y-L, <laughs> confusing enough. I love it when they do that. Um, it, this was like if Jim Carrey fronted a metal band right here, dude, straight up. You could hear what they were going for, even if you know it wasn't fleshed out completely yet. Like, It's just a fun-ass song, man. And it's just him having a childish fit you know what i mean it's it's but in it, musical form it's great did did hate breed rip this off yeah no kidding right because <laughs> you hate yourself and you hate this world and you hate the fact that you hate everybody like that's what it reminds me of yep i i totally get even that. though i guess are they even saying anything like that uh, i'm looking at the lyrics sorry. right now and i don't see that it's just Maybe I'm just fucking tripping, but like the cadence is the same, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's fuck over and over and over. It's just what is on the other side of that fuck, whether it be fuck you fucking hate you, whatever, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a temper tantrum in musical form. And even then again, oh, when he's okay, trying to yeah. be the most pissed off, it's still catchy dude. when you get into that, that chorus. Yeah, That's he's just awesome. saying, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. Yeah. I fucking hate you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, it's I'm sure about a lot of other things, but the, it's it's especially directed at like a racist boss. He had a, an A and W, which I've never <laughs> actually eaten at before. Oh my god! Yeah, that's fucking great, dude. Oh yeah, man, a- just racist, <laughs> racist A and W manager. Yeah, like that's pretty great very specific but like it's it's catchy as hell again like i i guess i got for the i it's notable that oh my fucking god isn't on my list um especially because that's the first song i heard and i always say you don't forget your first which i didn't but like like the way he would you know incorporate the melody with the heavy stuff and this being a prime example there's a good chance you've probably never seen this video right i don't know that anybody did you have yeah you've never seen this video i presume no no I've he, never seen a strapping on that video. Okay. I, if you ever do one, dude, love. Do you, did, do you like the Evil Dead movies? Yeah, I heard that that had like the whole like Evil Dead thing yeah. going on. That, that, it's just worth a watch. You know what's it's funny it's about love, too? I swear to God, there's two different like versions for time or something. Because I feel like every time I hear it outside the context of the video, it always seems longer to me. Or something. I don't know. Anyways... I, because of the time I came in when, when Devin Townsend was doing stuff, it's always weird to me to see Devin Townsend with hair. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, that had to happen at some point. It's just like when you see baby pictures of somebody that always just looked old to you, so you can't mix them, you know, you can't picture them any other way. You're just like, oh, okay. And it's him and the other hired guns, of which one is, again, Jed Simon, which is unrecognizable except for the fact that they all have their names on shirts. And it's just them playing the song and Devin Townsend being goofy. And I think I might watch it after this because I haven't seen it in a while. It's just a fun-ass song, man. It's it's like a preview of what City was going to be when they were still figuring things out, you know? Before they got Gene and Byron and all those guys, it's a preview of what Strapping Young Lad was really going to be. Specifically, there must be somebody whose favorite album is heavy as a really heavy thing. I just don't know who that would be. That's a very 
It's like whenever I talk to people and they say their favorite Killswitch album is the first one, I'm like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just that's that. Yeah, it's all a right. pretty good album though. It is, but like, it's like you could see. I mean, they they re-recorded most of that album throughout. You know, bonus tracks and even right. the regular, like like two or three of the songs on on the live or just breathing are off of kill switch the first kill switch album you know what i mean and like i don't know it's just it's interesting to see it's like hey, if that's your shit that's your shit you know but just like it's just interesting to me again having said that that's they played that live fun fucking song man and that's my standout on on heavy as a really heavy thing on that note what is your number three my number three is All Hail the New Flesh. Ah, my man, my man. Obviously, this was the first one I heard off City. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I ever really paid much attention to Velvet Kevorkian. I don't know why anybody would consider that like an actual song. Well, you know what's interesting that I just found out is like that was one of the first early strapping songs, or at least a version of it, on that demo that he sent out way back in the day. It's just was it longer than that? Like, was it an actual song or was it exactly the same? I, uh, I'm i curious about that. This is, dude, to me, this is like the most Fear Factory sounding thing that they have. I love the big hanger, like at the start. And then all of a sudden, it's just fucking Blast City right out the gate. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you get to that fucking verse, it's just... And it's just... Like, I mean, yep. it's fucking Fear Factory, like through and through. Pretty much, yeah. Again, it's, it, Fear Factory it's, on it's, crack. Right, it's like Fear Factory with Devin Townsend singing. I mean, I mean, by all rights, I mean, he's a more versatile and just flat out more skilled than Burton Bell, like for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Burton probably wouldn't have any problem with that because, I mean, he does what he does, right? Yeah. It's, he's got a very specific thing that he does. But, I mean, even through the chorus where it's got the fucking, rah, like all that shit, I mean, it's still pop, 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 pop. Like with, like Gene's just like, there's not a lot of fucking let up till like in the middle part, about two and a half minutes in, his so fucking little bit of a breakdown with some fucking like I mean they they hit a lot of notes in a short amount of time. Let's yes. put it that way. Yes, indeed. Um, but again, e- even that part, that part reminds me of Fear Factory. Hmm. Again, I, I think if – actually, I'll say this. If you're a Fear Factory fan, you want to know what they would have sounded like if they would have gotten like a regular metal singer instead of a guy who's like, you know, into like new wave as much as he is. If they would just had like a regular fucking metal singer. Like this is this is it right here. Yeah, no kidding, huh? I mean, Devin, dude, he goes crazy on this. There's so much fucking high screams and shit. Mm-hmm. over top of other things like it's awesome dude. yeah like, it's it's a good whirlwind tour of of what there is to expect man that even when he's singing for the most part on this it's still abrasive as fuck dude and it's interesting oh, yeah, to dude. see like like the times i've seen him he did the kind of more operatic ah singy thing with it probably right yeah, for whatever reason so to see that he was going this hard like he did on the song on the recording for the for the stream last I'll have to send you the links to all these man but like it put a big dopey smile on my face you know like like be, it's a prime example 
I don't think he gets enough credit as a vocalist, man. Like, that's a prime example of how to keep it melodic and, and still aggressive at the same time in a way a lot of people don't. Um, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's a very good yeah. vocalist, man. Yeah, and like, like he's ashamed of his scream. Like, like he always wanted a deep, brutal scream, but he could never do it. So it's, it's interesting when you hear him try to do his rendition of what that sounds like. That's why he got Elliot from Beneath the Massacre to do a lot of the songs on this last uh, album empath which again i still need to listen to like that's the kind of voice he always wanted but like he's got a cool scream like like i've i always thought he had a cool little unique scream to him that nobody else like had naturally or whatever and that really got drilled home when i watched these streams man it's just like fuck it embrace embrace your scream man it's cool it's unique it's high but it's not like black metal-ish you know like melodic death metal ish it's just devin townsend scream you know what i mean it's its own class right and he does it well and he blends it's like the right i don't know if ratio is the right word but like the way he utilizes each style and the amount of time that he does is is commendable and that's a prime example of it right there even the little bits that he is singing singing when he's like not even saying anything he's just doing that ah, in the fucking song it's well placed you know what i mean like Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, it's a good song. Like, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that love Devin Townsend, but I, you know, I don't know many people that are aware of who Devin Townsend is that don't really like the guy or like what he does. Right. Unless they just really just it's it's either they fucking tend to love the fucking guy or they don't really they're not that familiar. The one that I've got from one guy who like only likes Tool. It's one of those guys right. says that he recognizes he doesn't like the music. Um, like he doesn't, it doesn't click with him, but he can hear and understand that it's, that it's good. You know what I mean? Like he recognized there was something there. It just right. wasn't clicking with him because he's one of those guys that only listens to tool. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, anything else you wanted to add to that? Oh, dude, I'm good. Sweet. My number two, again, because I found myself listening to this more, and that's what my criteria was. Third to last track on New Black, Almost Again, which it didn't even occur to me, never got played live when Strapping was a band. They didn't have the chance to play it sorry, live. Sorry, I cut out. What did you say? Oh, sorry. It was uh, Almost Again off of the New Black. Oh. Another prime example of really emphasizing that more melodic side, but keeping the intensity of what strapping young lad did. You know what I mean? I didn't fully appreciate this song till years, not years. Well, no, yeah, maybe years later. It was always that one that was like towards the end of the album. So I didn't really think much of it. Sometimes you need a song to be taken out of the context of an album for it to really hit you. You know, it was, it was just watching the video for it on its own. Uh, when YouTube was still somewhat in its infancy, that I really gained an appreciation for this song going, man, this really is like a melodic Devin Townsend song done by strapping lad with Gene just going fucking ham on the, on the devil bass there, man. Oh yeah. It's great. Books on there. Yeah, man. And again, the balance of the singing and the screaming, like fucking hell. It, it is a tour de force. So again, it was amazing to me to realize, oh yeah, they never got a chance to play this live. Because the only tour they would have 
been doing when this came out was Ozfest, and you only got five songs. So I didn't realize that it was emphasized highly when um when they did the stream last weekend. So naturally, when I saw it, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I gotta watch that!" And it came out awesome, man. Like they pulled it off real well. And this was, to me, the best use of Samus on the double bass. Man, he killed it on that double bass. Like. It's a pretty song, and it's a pretty heavy song. It's a pretty heavy song. Like, it's awesome, man. I, uh, uh, it's definitely yeah. When it when it when it a song, you need a song to fulfill that more melodic side, but you still don't want to be a pussy. You fucking, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> brother. I uh do you have you um uh, have you been watching Cobra Kai by chance? Oh my god, it's like the fucking dogma of fucking songs. So it's like a fucking romantic it's like a rom com heavy on the fucking lewd. Yeah lewdness. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh did you have um, you been watching? I, I still haven't watched it yet. Dude. I I want to. I'm dude, it's I'm good. fucking like elbows deep in fucking Grey's Anatomy, bro. Is that still a show? Dude, geez. Well, yeah, dude, for one, oh, it is. Man. I mean, obviously, they haven't been shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just like... I, there's I, fucking 16 seasons, dude. Like, I I think we're finishing up season 10. There's so many. <laughs> and there's like 23 fucking episodes. Oh, man. And they're like right around, you know, minus commercials. So they're about 42 to 45 minutes yeah. each, right? Yeah. And I mean, at first, it was just like, you know, Beyonce's been she already she's already caught up she's been Mm -hmm. caught up for a long time she caught up before corona but you know she's working she's working from home she's like I mean she's literally she's watched everything else I mean Mm -hmm. so she's like oh I'm just gonna rewatch it and I mean I it was like maybe of a quarter of the way into season one and I was like fuck it I'll watch it with you because I wasn't working for it was when I had to quarantine for two weeks right or a little bit right after that. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll start watching it with you. And then at first I was just like, ah, oh, whatever, like something to have on, like while we eat and I can get on my phone, do what I got to do or whatever. And then next thing I know, I'm like fully into it, dude. Hmm. You know, it's like, it's just like the fucking gnarliest grief porn. But like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> mixed with like, it's mixed with like, it's like, a, I mean, the later ones get like, basically it's like a fucking really long, music video for like the saddest songs you'll ever hear right i mean god damn but i mean no i mean it's it's triumphant it's it's got all that fucking shit it's a drama show like whatever it's got everything but as soon as i'm done like i mean i don't know because i i i, I want to say that as soon as i'm done with that i'll be able to watch something else but it's like i really don't watch stuff on my own right anymore i i don't know why like usually if i'm by myself i'm like i'm doing something so i'm on the computer or I'm doing stuff for the podcast or, you know, whatever. So, and then now I got this new job where I, you know, it's like, I got to study quite a bit like mm. continually. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'll get around to it sooner or later though. I want well, to really bad, especially since now it's on fucking Netflix. I, so that was the big thing. It seems like, okay. So first off backing up, were you, were you a big karate kid guy back in the day? Yes. Okay. Massive. I never saw it until last weekend. Cause I wanted the context for, for the show. And I can now understand why the movie was as big as it was. It's still really good. A lot of things don't hold up well, but but a lot of it does, and the important parts do, right? I get mixed reviews on whether I should watch two or three. I'm told 
I've been told don't watch the Hillary Swank one and don't watch the Jaden Smith one. Um, yeah, the Hillary Swank one's pretty fucking iffy. It's not. It's and it's not because it's a fucking girl. It's just because it's not as good. Mm-hmm. But it's a situation where by the time that one came out, you're so far removed. Right. No one. No one cared, including the people writing it. Yeah, you know, it's for a pretty sure. generic story. Not saying the fucking original one was this groundbreaking story or anything like that, but it's rocky, but in a different setting. Kind of, up. yeah. I mean, yeah. except he wins at the end. But I mean, yeah. yeah, I didn't watch the Jane Smith one, but I was like, I don't care who who remakes what. They should remake every movie at some point because some shit just looks older than others and needs an update. But yeah, I was like, you know what? I don't need to see it. Yeah. So, for me that had no context for Karate Kid until last weekend, Cobra Kai's awesome, dude. And it's half an hour episodes. It's two like seasons that. long. It's 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 ten episode seasons too. So it's literally what is that? Ten hours spread across however long. Like, and they're making, and that's the thing is that it was on YouTube Red or whatever when they were trying to make that a platform. Yeah. And now it's over on Netflix where people are finally watching it. So like, yeah, that was the thing. It was like, okay, this is cool. YouTube read, but now no one's going to see it. Yeah. It was like when Ash versus evil dead ended, I was like, Hey, yeah, it's on stars, man. Who's going to get stars just for that. B you had three seasons, man. That's, that's no fucking joke right there. That's, that's a pretty good run. All things considered. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, man, Cobra Kai recommended for, for somebody that wasn't even like nostalgic for a karate kid because that was before <laughs> my time. You know what I'm I mean? I'm not even it's, sure how we started talking about that. I don't either. Either way, uh, I guess you're number two. Ah, okay. I'm glad this ended up on one of our lists. I think I overlooked so this. So Zen is my number two. Really, really enjoy this song as well. This is why I'm saying I need to listen to this album a little bit more. I feel like if I just listen to it more, something will click and I'll be like, fuck yeah, this is cool. And I want to like the album like also because the stuff that I'd like, you know, the three songs that I really like, I really fucking like a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just fucking double kicking city, dude. Like, it's not the fastest on that part, but when it hits the fucking bam, bam, dude, I mean, he's, dude, Gene's fucking booking. Yeah, most but definitely. It, it's weird. When the chorus comes on, there's parts where it's like, <laughs> does he have a fucking guest singer on here? Like, you know, and then you really, you really sit and listen to you're like, okay, no, that's still Devin. Yeah. He could just do you some know. freaky shit. But there's some fucking with the fucking the snare drum that's just like it's kind of like blast triplets I guess like it's on the fucking snare drum that's just like really fucking cool shit. Devin's you know when he hits the like I mean it's flawless. Right. You know and it's like fucking that's one thing I really do like about this band is having that ethereal thing going on with like hyper fast drums going on yeah, underneath yeah. it, dude. Absolutely. It's such a cool sound. Mm-hmm. I I love that sound. 
very, very cool. Because I listen to a lot of, I guess, ethereal music where it has, you know, a drum machine is mostly, I mean, it's definitely not fast beats. It's mostly slower beats, you know, like, and it's, again, it's very, very conducive for that. Almost gets hypnotic. But yeah, there's always been this part of me. It's like, I wonder what that shit would sound like. Yeah, to quote sure. my man Ice T, right? Yeah. So, so this one jumped up the list today. I was trying to square out where everything was going to be laid out, mm-hmm. and I was list- I listened to it a few times this morning. Actually, I, mean, I kind of had it in my head because last night I listened to it quite a few times. And I was like, "Yeah, dude, like that shit's fucking cool." And that's ma- that's mainly what I like about it is that fucking really high the keyboard plus his vocals like just doing their fucking thing, dude, just soaring, you know, above the clouds. And then that fucking kick drum underneath it and, and the blast city underneath there's fuck, really cool. Is that the definite? Can you use dichotomy there? No. Yeah, I think right. so. Right. Isn't you're, it? You're talking about two differing things, but it, you know, that's not yeah, exclusive to you, things coming together. You can not. use dichotomy there. Fucking yeah. A. All right. I win. We the got day. words. I win the podcast award. Fucking it. No, just fuck no. Oh, it's time. Yes, it is. It's time. You are excited too. Was love? Yeah. What is yours? <laughs> Mine's all hell the new flesh. Nice. Yep. I just wanted to add to everything saying how much I fucking love this song. Again, this was one that got me through a fucking rough patch. It still does too. I it's 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 a declaration of fuck everybody in a very what i consider positive way you know what i mean like it's it's a very defiant song it's it's like i don't know how to describe it it's like you get so angry that you're like stoked on how angry you are i don't know how else to describe it like you know what i mean like i it's like an empowering song you get so mad if, that you're you get so mad that you're mad that you're mad yeah like I fu- it's awesome. Like you're man. not like, even mad at the thing anymore. You're just mad that you're fucking mad. You're like, yeah, Fuck. yeah. Oh yeah, dude. You get so jacked on fucking just being pissed. You're you're like happy about it. It's it's <laughs> joyfully angry, oh, man. Dude. I don't know how else oh, to describe yeah. it. And like, Fuck, yeah. I so I was I was bummed. I never got to see them play it the first time I saw them, or not that not got to see. They didn't play it. Um, and then they played all the other times after that. And so that was my highlight of seeing them live any other time after that. I, um, yeah, man, that's, that's it. That's my number one, dude. I don't know how else you cap that off. Um, may I implore you to look up the songs on, um, Spotify real quick because I couldn't get it to work on my computer to save my goddamn life. Yeah. So we were pretty right there with the people. We're the people's podcast for metal um let's see so number 10 is not number 10 number 10 actually is shine from alien Mm. and then number nine is imperial from alien and then let's see we go to shitstorm from alien and then skesis from alien Mm. and then it goes to all hail the new flesh live in australia Mm mm-hmm from no sleep till bedtime. So that one is nine hundred fifty-five thousand plays. Hmm. Everything after this is at a million, and then there's a big jump to number one. So you have oh my fucking god at a million, little over a million, hmm. 
And then at number four, you have Far Beyond Metal. No, you have Almost Again at 1,204,000. Far Beyond Metal beats it by 40,000 plays, 1,244,000. Number two is Detox. Okay, that's what I was waiting for. I at was 2.5 like, oh, million. And then number one, clearly at 7.2 million is Love. Mm-hmm. I kind of figured that. So yeah. A lot of playlists, I'm sure. Oh, fuck, dude. Workout fucking playlists. Like all kinds of shit, man. Mm. Not a surprising. <laughs> Not a long shot either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a surprise at all. Yeah. Well, fucking A, man. That's been our top five on strapping young lad thanks for joining us again everybody welcome, hit us up on all the to socials <laughs> yeah shout out to all the canadian friends Fuck kenny yeah. i got your back let us up let us know what your favorite uh, strapping stuff is maybe you prefer one album over another that we didn't uh didn't really favor hit us up on all the socials i am at yes it is i david everywhere jason mostly can be found on our socials metalist pod on twitter metalist podcast everywhere else like, rate, review, subscribe. Tell all your friends. Say hi to us. We like talking to you. Until then, eat your veggies. Fuck your prayers. And I'll hail the new flesh. See you then. Later.